0: Blog Talk Radio. The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show. With Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies. Online marketing strategies, web, search, social, email, mobile news tips, tricks, and best practices. From actual marketers. Search professionals and social media experts.
1: That's right. We get the real folks on here. Uh, happy Friday, everybody. We uh, the beer is flowing at DK New Media, and we got some great guests here in the room today. I have uh, I have here right next to me, so we're not even doing it by phone, which is kind of nice too. Uh, Frank Dale, uh, who is the CEO of Compendium, which is a uh, content marketing platform. So Compendium has been around. Uh, Full disclosure, I'm a share owner, so
2: (laughs) we like that. So
1: we're cheering it on. Uh, But Compendium started basically as a blog application and a blogging platform, a really high-end one, um, and has has since well, I mean, evolved I think with the times. And um, we asked Frank to come over just because uh, we actually did a webinar on Tuesday, and uh, and we're joking, we put up the hashtag that SEO is dead. And um, just a little bit of link bait there you know get get some juices flowing in people um, but content marketing really has taken over um, you know the math and science aspect of SEO and is really getting at the people aspect of SEO so it's a it's a incredible time to be running a platform company like that where people have to have to push this out so Frank we usually open the show just People don't know you, so we um, we opened the show with, you know, where'd you come from? How did, who, who's Frank Dale? Where'd you come from?
2: Well, first, I'm hurt that they don't know me. So. <laughs> 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 it's not <laughs> like a that <competitive laughs> Microsoft or Apple. Exactly. Disney, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, give you a few years. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually from the Indianapolis area originally. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I've worked uh, primarily in software startups. I cut my teeth at a company uh, in Seattle called WhatCamp, so email marketing. Company, it's Actually, how I got to know Chris Baggett, who uh, founded Compendium. We were competitors, and we would uh, get together every now and then, talk about entrepreneurship, and just kind of stayed in touch over the years. And, and From email, I moved into marketing attribution for a little while, which I think is still pretty far from Sol, online. Sure. And then did uh, some due diligence for a venture capital fund before, before I came over to Compendium. So.
1: Awesome. And and were you a founder of What Counts or just CEO
2: or? No, came in, uh, ran the channel program for them. So okay. mine took over sales and marketing and this is back, gosh, about 304. Wow. Time frame. Yeah. And uh, they needed kind of a jack-of-all-trades and the company was just kind of really getting moving. And just a, a great space. And you know email. Yeah. So just a great space to be in at that time. And we had a lot of fun clients because they had a, a bit of a different model. So we had the, the SaaS platform and then we had and on-premise solutions with the larger clients like Costco. I mean, people that are sending 65, 70 million emails a month. And this is in, you know, that 03 04 time frame. So that's, I mean, that's a lot of volume today, but then that was a ton of volume. Sure. You know, ED Entertainment Channel, a lot of travel companies were, were clients, and they were just really, really interesting to work with. So. And,
1: and you were in Seattle? You
2: no, know, I work from here, but I traveled Oh, wow. I ran the channel program out of Indianapolis, so uh, we used to joke they have, you know, three offices, Silicon Valley, where my friend worked. Uh, Seattle and Indianapolis, which was my mailing address.
1: Nice, yeah. nice. So you get to see Seattle during the two weeks that are beautiful there. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. beautiful city. It rained every time, <laughs> literally every day.
1: It's I the uh, it's the highest suicide rate in the country. Yeah,
2: if you don't like rain, you better not. Yeah, it. I I grew I I grew up or
1: I shouldn't say grew up, but um, went to high school all during high school up in Vancouver, Canada. So, so yeah, it was, you know, you, you didn't walk out of the house without a raincoat and an umbrella, but, but it's why it's so beautiful and lush and green there. It's amazing.
2: Green, I mean, yeah, And just the architecture in Seattle is yeah. amazing. We used to have an office like uh, Pioneer Square, kind of the, uh, kind of a broader mass ab type area for Seattle, just awesome location. Just really, the architecture was phenomenal, a little bit older, right down by the sports stadium, so if the Seahawks were playing or the Mariners were playing, just tons of people, just really, a great place to learn. Yeah, it's just a phenomenal
1: place to learn. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's definitely Northwest is definitely a favorite of mine. And then I lived in Denver, and that's another yeah. that's another just fantastic city. But Indy's getting there, right? You know, we've got our own personality. Yeah, we just got to buy some mountains and some ocean, and this exactly. place will be perfect. Yeah. That's exactly right. We don't need it. We don't need we
2: don't
1: it. <laughs> so um so, uh, so you went from what counts to a marketing uh, attribution sure. company. Uh, that was like scoring and lead. Yeah, data, we were trying to warehouse building.
2: Pretty hard. I mean, and you know this almost really as well as anybody. It's just it's right. so, so hard. I think one of the biggest problems in marketing today is still what actually works for me and how does it work in concert with other things. So we were trying to build not myself. Man, I can do math, but not this kind of math. Yeah. Just, if, if you remember the show Numbers, I mean, we were literally working with people like that uh, that would try to model, I mean, uh, you know how much did this specific email contribute to X number of people converting yep. along with what you did in search and the banner ad you ran three months ago? Like, what's what's the pattern here? Right. Still not really solved very well. I mean, a lot of people are trying to do it. I know Webtrends is a client of yours. Yep. Uh, I, I was able to talk to their CEO about a month ago in Seattle. Alex, great, great guy. Yeah, go. Yeah, phenomenal guy. And we were talking about some of the things they're trying to do, certainly on the BDC side. and. I like where they're going because nobody is solving this problem. If you solve this problem, marketing just they have a different seat at the table. I mean, it's yeah. not like right now in most companies, if operations shows up or, or finance shows up, it, it's a different conversation. They can metric everything. They can show you how the process works and, and use per hour all that stuff as opposed to yeah.
3: as opposed to hoping like hell that your numbers right with email marketing because you know the, the open rate is actually the bare minimum of people that opened it. You can't measure those that are blocking images and yeah. all the other stuff there. So you're just hoping like hell a lot of times there's, it works. There's
1: a uh, there's a company out of uh, Ohio called ThinkLine. Uh, check them out. Uh, oh, well. uh, basically, they're they're uh, they're headed up by a a statistician who I had the honor of hiring once to do some algorithms. So nice. now he's going to be, you know, the next Bill Gates. But of and he'll remember when he's famous. I, I, well, you know, we talked back and forth still. So I'm still on his radar screen, but just incredible. Uh, like I, I, when I first met him, the, the his job was uh, figuring out where in buildings with cross traffic to put like Coca-Cola machines to get the most sales, you know, so he was literally writing algorithms based on where elevators were, where stairs were, where doors were, you know, to find the place where. maybe one and,
3: inch to the right. Exactly, and, you know, it, and
1: it, it would $100. work. So yeah. so Thinkvine, what they do now is they take like a year and a half of data and their clients are like PNG and stuff like that. And it's not a finite level like, you know, search or social or anything like that, but they can predict basically, if you pulled your money out of radio, here's what the downstream impact is going to be of that. Yeah. And um, and so they, they understand all of the interconnectivity of the marketing efforts across all of these mediums. And, and you know, it's like a six-month implementation with pulling in a year and a half plus of data, you know, and, and massaging it for months. But Absolutely. but I, I think they've got it down. I think they've gotten some nice funding and, and everything that oh, they're sure. starting to get. It. Because I mean, yeah. if you
2: look at the way it's solved today for most people... You're hiring a big consulting shop or a big big data analytics firm. Yep. So the majority of the market can't afford it. Right. It's a long study period. Yep. Yeah. Most your yeah. Market.
1: You're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars just to crunch,
2: not most actually come of. up with an answer. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I'll tell you what fascinates me about that market. So if you look at, so you and I we're digital guys, right? That's what we do. Yep. And you know we always have numbers, whether or not they tell you what you, they think you tell you. Right. It's <laughs> a yeah. thing, but. The offline models are actually, in some cases, more sophisticated, kind of that preference-liking purchase stuff. If you can make that happen online and in a way that's affordable for the majority of the market, that is a big, big business, and nobody has cracked that. So if they're moving in that direction, I mean, they're going to they're gonna upend some big companies. I mean, IBM is spending a lot of money there. Bain yeah. is spending a lot of money there. McKinsey is spending a lot of money, and no one has cracked it. Right. I and mean, it's still eight PhDs in six months and yeah. half a million bucks. Yeah, well, hopefully,
1: you know, in the online space, hopefully we see some changes there. I, I saw the, is it the social hub? Uh, basically kind of an open warehousing of social data. Mm-hmm. And everybody but Twitter and Facebook,
3: which is ridiculous. yeah, well, yeah. Well, right? people you have, yeah. To have But on uh, the flip well, side of that, the reason they don't is because they know there's a lot of value in what they've got. Right. Yeah. You know, they're retaining that value. and They're probably using it internally. Hopefully they are, but even if they're not, they're gonna hang on to it because at some point they'll be able to leverage it. So. Well,
1: and I, I, but I think without without them, mm-hmm. so like I think it's I think, a little, it no I, I think yeah. they're, I I think it's gonna hurt them. Mm-hmm. I I understand that they're the giants, but the fact that you're not sharing and playing like everybody else is, uh, you know, the, because the hardest thing for us is, you know, let's say a Twitter. You know, I, I, every client that we bring on. And they say, we don't get any traffic from Twitter. We don't get anything from Twitter. And I say, well, you know that Twitter doesn't come up as referral traffic in your analytics. And they go, what are you, t- what are you talking about? And I said, well, 90% of people use apps. And so you don't get a referring URL. And they go, really? And I go, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so you know, there's this entire group of people out there that just believe that this isn't working. But it's only because they don't have the right data. So this whole social hub premise and Google signed on, you know, that, that they're managing it, I think, aren't they? Or, yeah, and it go- it's it's going to be in Google Analytics. Um, um, it, and it's stumble upon Pinterest, I, uh, Dig. I think there's about a, a dozen or so social players out there that are going to participate, and basically they're going to send unified stats, you know, into Google. So you're going to be able to see that stumble upon sent this much and Pinterest sent this much. But Twitter and Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook will be the ultimate holdout because they hate Google, I think. But oh, I um, But it's ridiculous that we can't get that type of information.
2: It is, and I'm with you. And I'm, I'm sure that they, they want to sell their own data, and that's why they want to do it and they want to build their own tools. But it's, I agree, long-term it hurts them because, yeah. I mean, I, I read I mean, Advertising Age earlier this week, right, kind of the, and then moving towards digital. I'm I'm a fan of advertising agency, even though I'm not about to hammer them. But you know the, 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 the you know, kind of bastion of old school let's spend eight million dollars to, to run an ad and then write an article about T right. V marketing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So even this week I mean they were writing, you know, about P and G did P and G make a mistake that they're spending on digital because they're not seeing the return. And the question is are they not seeing the return because it's not there? Or are they not seeing the return because they can't figure out what's actually They're, happening? they're not measuring it accurately.
3: Yeah.
1: Or or worse they can't. Yeah. They're doing the right things, but they can't put the pieces together. Right, you know, and, right. and that's you know the the question that we get from everybody, right? Is, uh, you know, what's our return on investment going to be on search? What's our return on investment going to be on social? And I was looking them dead in the eye, and I say, well, I could lie to you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but I I don't know. You know, it's what fine. we want to do is just keep moving the needle. You know, and if we can just keep moving the needle, eventually we're going to cross that threshold. If that's not fast enough and the costs are too high, then we stop, you know, and we go pay-per-click or we go something else. But You know,
2: it's kind of like cutting off their nose to spite their face, yeah. you know. I mean, it's it's just if everything is last-touch attribution. if It's, you know, I I can quit doing things just like you were talking about with your yeah. friend who's, who's modeling campaigns. You know, I may quit radio, but it might turn out that radio gets them into the funnel. I just can't figure out whether it converts, and the four things after that that help me convert, Look really great. Yeah.
0: They're about to
1: go downhill when I get rid of radio. Yeah, and I, I listeners are probably tired of hearing yeah, this, absolutely. but I keep talking about, you know, it's a, it's it's like asking two weeks after you put money in your 401k, you know, when am I going to retire? You know, when,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> you know, you have to let it sit there. You have to let it build. You know, and you have to let people start to attract And It's compounding interest. Yes. You know, every post that you put out, every page that you put out, every tweet, every webinar, every white paper every ebook all of this this entire content marketing is isn't a matter of you know what's my budget and um how little do i have to do that's the question right kayla yeah. kayla got it you know oh, yeah. we we were, ever since i was at compendium one of the first questions at compendium from every customer was um how many blogs you know how many blog posts should i do each week in order to succeed and i used to say that's like me handing the keys to a Lamborghini to you and you going, how slow can I go in this vehicle? <laughs> you know? Yeah, because because you can put out as much as possible. And that's what you should be working on is putting out quality. You don't want crap anymore. Um, crap used to be okay, an too. Yeah, yeah. It, it used to work, <laughs> it right? It used to work, it's right. Uh, it yeah. used to work to just, just to, you know, right. write right. nonsensical blog posts just to get keywords out Start there to get search. Yeah. Um, but now it's all about compelling, relevant content. If you want a place on search, and that's why we we're joking that SEO is dead, if you want a place on search.
2: Which the hate mail is still rolling in. Is oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope it so. That's
1: awesome. Bad, Jer- I'll give a shout out to Jeremy Derringer. Put a hashtag out there. He said, SEO is in flux. <laughs> yeah, so it's not dead. It's just changing. It's changed, um, yeah. but it, it, it's changed dramatically over the last year and especially the last six months. In that, in that, I, I used to go in and you know we used to on a daily basis go in and sculpt people's pages. You know, and that's you know where are the headings in the page? Where are the page titles, meta the, the descriptions?
3: Stuff, right? Yeah,
1: we yeah. used to just tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak. Now I don't do it anymore. I go, do they have a great title on their post? Do they have shareable links there that people are going to grab? Is it something compelling enough that people are going to talk about? And if it is, you're going to do so much, you know, you're going to get so many better results out of compelling content than you ever would tweaking a tag on a page. You know, don't worry about writing great content now. And so, you know, we've talked about Compendium's future and it's, uh, you know, Compendium, like many, I think, like many platforms, came in
2: early, right? Yeah, probably almost too early. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I've been around startups for a while now, and, you know, you can be brilliant and go out of business because, you are you know, the market just goes yeah. already. You're blazing the trail instead of following mm-hmm. yeah, let,
3: oh, and let somebody else do it. At day, right? the
1: time, at the time, Compendium was built with uh, redundant databases with a... Incredible content delivery network that was incredibly fast, and nobody talked about page speed. Right. No enterprise client came in and said, "You know, how fast is your thing?"
3: Well, now Google now, is, it's, important. now oh, it's now it's so now important. It's important. I mean, and and Google even got uh, on their analytics and webmaster is it? It's webmaster. Webmasters, webmasters right? yeah. yeah. Where you uh, can see yours compared to, and, and it's basically that two second mark. Two second mark, you right? Got to be that or better. And so, then it
1: was, uh, you know, security you know, that you guys had, you know, 24-7 monitoring oh, yeah. everything else. Nobody cared yeah, about that until <laughs> yeah. those first pieces of malicious, you know, code went out on the oh, most yeah. popular blogging platforms, you know, and then nobody cared about backups. Nobody cared. Nobody cares even still about backups.
3: because no, they don't understand.
1: Until, uh, not, and until,
3: until they need, until it. They need <laughs> it. Until they need it. And then, a,
1: and then they care, and then they're mad that you didn't care. We had a, you know, we had a client, <laughs> a, a, a couple of years ago that we built out their whole you know their whole blog and everything else and and I told them I said, you know you really need to get a backup solution, you know you really need to get a backup solution, and they didn't want to pay the fifteen dollars a month or whatever that the backup <laughs> solution was and they called me up about three months ago and and literally what happened was the platform that they were using um they had all these uh they had open sub subscri- open uh registration. So, spammers were registering left and right, and so they decided one day to clean out all of those users when they cleaned out all the users they cleaned out themselves too. when they cleaned out themselves when they cleaned out themselves, they cleaned out, themselves they cleaned out all their content and and it didn't it didn't throw it in the trash can; it was gone right it's
2: so like gone gone, 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 gone. no, you
1: know so they recovery. they called me up, and we were you know we were busy with clients and working and everything and and just Frantic, you know and I, it's like a
2: forensic shot, I said
1: uh not help you sorry wow.
2: <laughs> that
3: was
1: our answer and well, they were
3: they were mad and i was sure. like i I'm, yeah. I'm sorry i you know we what told was the, you the uh, blogging platform uh, a couple of years ago maybe last year oh. they they had their they had everything running on one server and the server itself was redundant you know redundant hard drives and all that stuff raid yeah but they did not have a tape backup or an offsite solution at all and basically what happened was instead of one of their drives failing, two of their drives failed, shut out 200,000 users and shut no. the company down. Shut the, the company,
1: company down. Yeah. It was on eBay. So for like that? I can't remember. It was on eBay for like 2500 bucks or something yeah. the next day. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. they literally, they lost everything. They closed the company and just said, sorry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and they're, 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 remember their instructions on the page? Go to archive.org and see if you can find yeah, your yeah, the Wayback yeah. machine. <laughs> <laughs> the Wayback
0: machine, the way yeah.
3: Machine. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were a lot of people upset about that. But, yeah, you know, were, again, backups, the important backup. backups. So, so you, now, I mean, you, you think about it, you
1: know, um, you know, Compendium employees blog, you know, consistently. So you guys mm-hmm. probably have 5,000 posts out there. Oh, or,
2: ridiculous. You know, like
1: so that. you think about that effort and the cost associated with, yeah. Creating that content over that period
3: of time and well, building and that more so the value of, of that content and what it's done to create the reputation. Well, absolutely, and, you know,
1: but, the but then not too. having it on a platform that speaks is fast, right. is secure, is backed up. Right. It's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. And yeah, we're not we're not here that. to sell, but no, but but it's it's a lesson to anybody on any content management system. That, yeah, you got to back up. Yeah, yeah. you got to. Um, so what's what's down hmm. the pipeline now for? For Compendium, what's what's happening next?
0: Yeah, we're we'll, we'll, focused we'll pretty yeah. heavily on content marketing, and
2: doing it's it really because that's, that's where the market's going, but that's also where we're being pulled, which, you know, going back to, we were talking a second ago about people being too early, and it's just the, the hardest problem, I think, in entrepreneurship, unless you're in something that's really, really scientific and technical, <laughs> like biotech or some of the things in energy where the, the question isn't really will people buy it if you make it work it's can I make it work right for, for most things in software you can make it work the real question is will anyone care so what's great I mean you know Reid Hoffman right this, he, he did a social network before LinkedIn that was fairly similar to LinkedIn that was just early you know he built it before anyone care so what's great for us and that's a long way to say that is we're getting pulled in the direction I, I think the market is going right they're moving towards content and they're pulling us along. So right. for us, that's, you know, we started this kind of this blogging platform. And then the next thing we know, we're creating tools to allow you to capture storage from your customers. Then a couple weeks later, people are saying, I want to be able to email the content. Or I want to use your API to feed in, you know, e-commerce system content. And I want yeah. to repurpose it. And then, by the way, I want to push it back into my email marketing system. Whether, you know, I'm using Exact Target or Cheetah Mail you know, or Delivera. That's what I want to do. And so we're evolving almost into this kind of content solution. And what's fascinating is, you know, we'll go out and we'll talk to these people. And I've talked to, you know, like 350 clients, I like talking to customers, which apparently is rare. So (laughs) it blows my mind. I was talking, I mean, I've talked to some other CEOs and, you know, we'll start talking. How are you making decisions? Because I'm always fascinated by the way people arrive at, you know, what problem are you going to solve? Why are you going to solve it? How did you get there? What makes you think this is the right thing? And you know, my, my reflex is always immediately, well, I'm just gonna go call the customers the prospects because my assumption is the human mind is, is a pretty finite resource. So I'm not gonna be a genius. Let's not assume it. Let's go ahead right. and find out because these are the people I'm supposed to serve. So that's apparently pretty rare. So I've called, you know, well over hundred of our customers. And what's amazing to me is we'll start talking about it and the way they're managing this content is just broken right they don't want to replace the website the website is fine It's like the brochure thing for them but they want they want a hub they want to feed in the facebook wall or the twitter wall they want to feed in the email content and then they want to almost and they can't come up with quite the word yet that they want to use to describe it so it could be you know magazine style sometimes is the way they'll talk about it sometimes they'll even call it a content hub but that's that's where we're moving i mean creating a single repository where you can you know Source content from a lot of places, organize it, make sure the, the page is optimized for search, Yep. and then publish it there, and then syndicate it to all of the places that your customers care about.
1: And add the promotion capabilities Absolutely. as well. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and that's that's where we're moving. I think the challenge we're going to have, and you're going to see this as well as anybody, is it's it's a market that's evolving pretty fast. Everybody wants to do it when they start to think about what the problems are, but they can't agree on language. And I think the longer that happens... The, the longer I that mark, market takes to take off. So, you know, Doug and I lived through through email marketing development. And in email marketing, a lot of the terms, even, even the providers, and they were in the early days, and there still are, but, you know, they're newer. In the early days of email marketing, they were, you could go to every city and find somebody doing it.
0: Uh, and
2: you still can, right. but, you know, today there's some clear, clear firms that are separated. But early on, they would start to all kind of coalesce around terms. Well, I'm an email service provider. Uh, deliverability, uh, you know, white labeling, all of these terms. They all kind of, as an industry, coalesce around that. And when you have that kind of thing happen, it becomes easier for everyone to communicate. Right. It becomes easier for them to sell it up the chain. And industry starts starts to happen, right? We're having conversations about the same thing. We don't always just, you know, agree, but the term is the same so we can understand one another really But The term and the foundation, the basis is the same.
3: Yeah. Really what you're talking about is a maturation of the, Industry itself, yeah. right? The industry's gone from an infancy Absolutely. where it's just kind of you know all over the place and everybody hoping like hell they're doing something right, to a hey you know we're we're a little more standardized now. Now we're talking you know when when you say opt out, I understand that you mm-hmm. mean an opt out link, you know, and yeah. that and then you know double opt in process and all that stuff as opposed to well we do a two step or,
2: or whatever you may call those. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, as an entrepreneur, what I'm watching now is what's what's that language going to be? And, you know, we're going to have a role in driving that. For it to work, it's got to be driven by the the market and the customers. And they're starting to realize, okay, I need software now because the way it's being done, they're spending a ton of money. I mean, I've seen estimates that put the, the investment in digital content well over twelve billion dollars every year. So it's it's an enormous investment. Sure. It's not being managed very well. So what you find, and this is really fascinating for me, is if you, you go to things like Google Trends or Google Insights for Search, which, you know, God knows how accurate that data is because Google doesn't like to share. But yeah. you start to graph the trends and what's really interesting is you see content marketing almost do kind of the S thing. I mean it's just gone straight up. And you're starting to see some of the software trends slowly pick up in about a nine month to twelve month lag because what's happening and this is my interpretation and you know, for the sake of my investors, let's hope I'm right. But (laughs) what's happening here I think is they're doing it. They want to keep doing it, but they're figuring out the actual management for this is is a little bit difficult. So now they're starting to look for solutions. So the, the faster those terms start
1: to become standardized, the better it is for us. Well, I think you know to, to that point, and just one example, right? Is how many times in the last ten years have we read articles on how blogging is dead?
2: Yeah, yeah, seriously, <laughs> it's like a link. It's like it's correct, yeah. right? SEO dead. It's
1: blogging. literally like every two years, some Yahoo decides to write an article about how you know Facebook is going to kill blogging. And right, this right. is going to kill blogging. That's going to, and and all the while that curve. Yeah. just kept going up yeah. not not sinking at all you know um fascinating well when when we get back we'll we'll do a short uh you mentioned Delivera they're a sponsor mm-hmm. of the show so uh so we'll go ahead and play an ad from Delivera for
0: uh about a minute here Delivera has been providing email software and professional services for more than 13 years Delivera helps businesses and organizations execute effective email marketing campaigns by providing dynamic software and professional services, from full-out consulting engagements to help when you need it in areas such as design, production, deliverability, and testing. Voted one of the 2011 best places to work in Indiana and one of Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies. Delivera partners with businesses and organizations across all industries and verticals and truly opens its doors each and every day to put the customer first. To learn more about Delivera, visit www.delivera.com or call 866-915-9465. Tell them you heard about Delivera from the Marketing Technology Blog. And we're back with uh,
1: Frank Dale from uh, Compendium. He's CEO of Compendium, and we are just talking about marketing expense on on, um, on content during the break. And, you know, it, it's interesting because the other thing I think start to break out is, you know, I, I, Chris, Chris, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, Chris Whatever's book on everything being free um, from Wired Magazine. Yeah, Chris um, uh, Anderson. Yeah, Chris Anderson. Um and and it's interesting too that that's going away too, you know. We went through this phase of free, 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 Freedom free, emails, yeah, right yeah, right. and and even free content. And mm-hmm. and this is obviously a, a ridiculous shout out for our clients, but you know, I take a look at someone like an Angie's List, who's you know a public company now, and they're growing, and they're growing because it's paid
3: content, mm-hmm.
1: you know. And and the advantage is that it's paid. That's that's their advantage in the marketplace because with free comes a, a whole bunch of other issues and problems. And um, and like to tell me, you know, from a platform standpoint as well. I, I used to joke all the time with Frank and and Chris, you know, and I used to say, you know, you know, they'd say, well, get that get that client on Compendium, you know, <laughs> and I'd say, well, you know, they can pay you or they can pay me for all the pain they're having <laughs> where they're at. That's right, which is perfect for you, right? you know, and and, uh, and, and it's really funny in the web analytics industry, you know, we would have companies that say, no, no, we don't pay for web transferometer or, you know, whatever. We just go with the, you know, Google Analytics, and I go, well, that's fantastic. How are you leveraging analytics to actually get results? And they say, "Uh, uh, well, what do you mean, you know? And we'd say, well, what are you learning from analytics that's helping you build your company? And uh, and they say, well uh you know, we haven't really done too much down that road. And I'm you know so free is costing you money then, right? Free is literally a deficit for your company. And 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 I think, you know, Google Analytics obviously has continued to enhance the product
3: and, and, and uh and now well, there's like any tool if you're not taking full advantage of it is doing right. you no good. And you know, the difference between like a Google Analytics right. and a and a web trend or you know uh, it is basically that you know, Web Trends because they put an investment in it, they make sure that it's easy to use and get set up quick and easy. Well, they make sure you're successful with it. Exactly. exactly, as opposed it's to in Google their, Analytics, it's just, you know, it's 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 just hey, here it is. Hope like hell, you know how to use yeah, it. Yeah, you, you know? yeah. And and, and so it makes a huge difference when you've got somebody on your side that's really saying, okay, look, you're not doing this quite right. Let's do it like this, and it's gonna exactly.
1: help you understand That's exactly Exactly. Yeah. And then it's the same you know, we see the same with blogging platforms, with analytics, with email, you know, how many people buy an email package and then don't send out email, you know, so they're, so they're, so they're paying the bill and, and, and not, not only not gaining, they're losing, you know, and so when you're with an email company that's reminding you, hey, you haven't put out an email in a couple months, we've got a webinar coming up, here's some data that provides that this is a great return, here's four ideas for your email, you know, that's, 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 That's what works
3: well. That was one of the things that we ran into early on with our service when we were uh, doing primarily text clubs and text messaging, Uh, text message marketing, was that we'd have customers sign up and then months would go by and they'd send nothing, you know, and they're paying us every month, which is great. Uh, you know, but we had to start reaching out to them and remind them yeah. and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's 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 just uh, one of those things where... You got to help it, people, yeah, right? Yeah. If you don't help them, you're not going to be successful yourself because
2: they're not going to continue to pay you. Adams, that Adam's... That's Adams. a great thing, though, right? I mean, if yeah. you think yeah. about it, like, that's how, that's how business should work. Right. I mean, if my interests aren't aligned with your interests, something is wrong here. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a, a great
3: point. I worked at a manufacturing, a remanufacturing company down in Bloomington. Uh, repaired a lot of uh, electronics, that sort of thing. And uh, our customers, their whole goal was not to work with us on getting this stuff repaired as quickly and easily as possible, and, and as, as accurately as possible. Uh, it, at times, it was an adversarial mode where no matter what we did, we could not make them happy. Um, and then... We've never had
1: clients like that. Have no, you, Frank? Never. And <laughs> no, absolutely
3: not. Never in, know, in my entire and, career. The <laughs> you
2: know,
3: point is, though, is that their, their goal, they were a huge uh, public company, their goal was to keep their costs as low as possible, and they did not care that that would put our company out of business, right? So, so we were on, on opposite poles of that, and even though they were the customer and we were the provider, you know, it's still the same thing. Because yeah. they were so big, we wanted their business because it would make our business grow tremendously. But at the same time, their objective was they did not care. They, they preferred it if we lost money yeah. because that way they knew they were getting the best possible deal out of us, you know. And, and you know, as opposed to what you're talking about, aligning your goals objectives and objectives with and your customer base.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, if you're a good provider, you are trying to have that rough balance, right? You're trying to keep costs fairly low. So Compendium, we, you guys just published your costs on your site. We did, yeah. So you guys are wide open about how much Absolutely. your packaging costs, and 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 still maintain obviously a profit, you know, for the company to be able to grow with. But the fact is, is that 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 price is there for a reason. That price yeah. is there so that you can provide the maximum benefit to your, you know, to your client, that they can maximize their return on investment, and you can get a profit. And I, I think, you know, those those guys that just beat you to death. You know on on your pricing you know they're what drives
2: businesses out of business it is. you know it, it was controversial it was a little controversial with a couple people um, who shall remain nameless <laughs> 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 that, that we decided to publish our prices but in, and I'll tell you know, well, was Chris well, is you probably one of them right It was actually good for him he was okay with it was he because because our... I
1: mean it, Chris came from exact target yeah. who is a huge value-based
2: Absolutely. seller
1: and when I say just so people know when I say value-based yeah. selling it's you find out what the value is to the client. You don't tell them what the cost is. Yeah. You know, you find out that value. And if some people think that the value is $20,000, then that's what you write up the contract for. If it's 5000 that's what you write it up for. I just I think that's
2: the law. I mean, I, I understand that, right? That's very much an economist's way to go. Yeah. I just think it, you are not likely to build a scalable and stable model on that for the long term because today, Everything is transparent. I mean, you, you have two choices. You can either participate in the conversation, you can be open and transparent, and you can share that information. And there, there are instances where I would say don't do it. So if you're a custom consulting shop, it's really hard. You right. might give people like a range, and that'll kind of work. So I get that, but for almost everybody else, you can say, hey, this is roughly what it is as a standard price. It may vary a little bit based on these factors. We're going to have to have a conversation. But the reality is they're going to search. So yeah. people expect today to not have to talk to your salesperson, and you just did a wonderful infographic uh, on that with, with Cassie, I believe. Yep. And, you know, people don't want to talk to salespeople unless they have to. So it used to be, and I've been through sales training. Is that right, Jamar? Yeah, my brain just
3: went, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't really
2: have any other opinions, so just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality, and trust me, I mean, I... I Early in my career, I did sales, and you know, uh, I can remember the you know sales training, and they're like, no, never put prices on your website because you want them to talk to you, which you do. A right. salesperson should be adding value as part of the conversation, but. They now expect because search is so sophisticated and social media allows them to discover content to get that information. I was telling you well, about. It takes. It well, takes there's, us.
3: There's more to it too, right? I mean, we transitioned from a as a, a society into an instant gratification society. If I'm gonna go out and look for a service, you know, a blogging platform, right? I'm gonna go. Okay i got to identify who, I'm, who I want to even look at, waste my time with before I even step in the door. And I can pull these guys up and I go, okay, they don't have a price on there. They're probably twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. they are out of my budget. Right. They're not putting a the price there. So these guys, whatever it is, you know, these fall into my price range. Now let's talk to these guys just because I'm looking for that instant gratification. All you, you know, have so. to do if you want anybody's price is get on Facebook and ask.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's the funniest thing is we've... We've, you know, obviously we work with a number of clients, and our clients sometimes ask us, hey, you know, go evaluate the competition and, and, you know, see how they are. All we do is go ask. And all these people come out of the woodwork and say, oh, well, we've got a, you know, 15-seat license, and it's X dollars. And we got – no that's not proprietary information that they have to keep secret.
2: Well, and think about that for a second, too. So I was, I was you know, we were talking about this during the webinar earlier this week. I was talking to a friend, and – he did not want to do this. I'm like, okay, well let's just see if your pricing is anywhere on the internet. So we go in, we put the name of his business, and then price. <laughs> we find three different chat forms with his and they're all inaccurate, by the way. Mate. Every one <laughs> of is inaccurate. Mate. One is like wildly high, one is wildly low. Yeah. Another person said they heard from a friend. Yeah. So we're talking about this. I'm like, so here's your here's your choice, Nate. My my buddy Nathan. And I'm like, we can either put something out there and just put some very clear qualifiers, hey, this is usually the range, we're going right. to have a conversation, or you can allow people to, to disqualify themselves because they're going to search and they're going to find one of these people in the chat room and they're, they're going to either think you're too cheap, so your is low, exactly. really priced, mm-hmm. or they're going to think you're too expensive because they saw this outrageous high price. So what's it going to be?
1: We uh
2: we don't.
1: We just had the the folks from Right On Interactive, another client of ours, over, and we're going through an implementation with them. So we're actually going to start scoring our leads mm-hmm. and stuff. And and we're a tiny shop, right? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we get five leads a week or whatever, and those five leads sit in my email inbox. <laughs> and someday when uh, a client leaves, <laughs> I go look them up. <laughs> you know, that's my. Well, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, my, that's my sales process, you yeah. know, and uh, and well, so check stuff coming <laughs> in. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> sorry, <stuff. laughs> they turned oh. out the lights. We better get somebody. Um, you know, all joking aside, it's probably you know a key complaint from our prospects is, yeah, I, I tried to get a hold of them three times and I couldn't, you know, so right. so we we stopped trying, and um and we were we were just kind of discussing that process. But one of the things was, we were getting so many leads too. And the problem was we were getting so many leads yeah, it's because like
3: a tough problem to have, Doug. Well, yeah. <laughs> no,
1: no. The the problem really was that we were getting so many leads from people that could never invest in what we're doing for them.
3: Right. They could never. So but, you're saying that publishing online allows people to self-flex in, in a good way.
1: I I can we immediate or, yeah. we immediately saw a difference. In the people that were contacting us the quality the quality of yes. the lead as
3: opposed to the quantity we
1: were we, we instant once we put packages on the site instant and and our packages basically say hey we start at 3,000 a month we start at 6,000 we start at 12,000 and then here's kind of what you get in there we don't go into any great detail but we're doing what we're doing is trying to set an expectation that you know please don't talk to us if you have 500 bucks because we, we just can't help you for that much money. It's, not, it's exactly. not that we're jerks. It's literally that, let's see, if I get one developer and one designer, that means that you get three and a half hours per month. How, how am I gonna impact your marketing for that? You yeah, know.
3: I, I wonder if um, if that price self-selection piece uh, really depends on whether we're selling online or offline.
2: Right, if we need to have a
3: value first
1: or price first strategy. Well, and we definitely want value first. I mean, we don't, we don't, I think the the interesting thing with us is that because we don't have a sales team and because everything is inbound with us right now, is that everybody's researching and hearing about us online. You know, our message is getting put on mom and pop sites and put on enterprise sites. So you're saying the value is already there and it's something that. I can't control who hears our message. You know, I can't say, you know, please don't blog about DK New Media on your little site, you know, <laughs> right? You know, I, I, I mean, I want everybody to be talking about us. But the problem that that causes is that, you know, you have someone that has a, a young startup. They don't have any money. They don't have any anything. And and I should take a break, too, that we do a thing called tech tithing where we about 10% of our clients are mm-hmm. tiny clients that don't have money but but for our enterprise clients that were interested in um what was happening was they were just getting mixed in with all these other leads that were coming in. And so by putting our packages out there it just kind of set a pre-qualification expectation that you know we can do business, but here's the neighborhood that we're in. It's like it's like Lexus or well, it's a lot like <laughs> buying a house, right? Yeah.
3: And uh you know what I, neighborhood I know, are you in? I, I know I'm looking for a house, the first thing the realtor's going to ask you is What's your price range? Yeah. Right. And yeah. the reason for that is ultimately so that they can try to find one that fits within your budget. You right. Know, and, and you're qualifying. That's a great, that, that's um, a great, a great analogy from the from
1: real, the real estate, estate marketing guy. Marketing guy. guy. <laughs>
3: exactly.
1: So it's, it's more of that. Yeah,
3: I think we, we, like,
2: I think we just hit on something that's really monumental for me. And that's uh, one of the values of content marketing is that it's selling the value first, just like in a traditional sales model. Yeah. Um, and then by publishing prices the value has already been built through the content and through how the product is marketed. Perfect and, way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. When you finally each of the prices, it's, it's a natural self selection. That's perfect. And That's nobody
1: right. knows who you are. So introduce yourself. Yeah, Jamar
2: yeah. Cobb <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> And Jamar will eventually be a guest on our show. We'll, we'll have Jamar back as a, as a guest and do an hour with him. Um, let's, let's take a short break and uh, thank our, uh, our Zoomerang guys. Um, Zoomerang, bought out by SurveyMonkey, obviously, Uh, but they've been absolutely spectacular. I think I owe them some keyword research right now. So Uh, um, we'll- uh,
3: Better suck up.
1: Yeah, suck up. So everybody (laughs) start assuming a SurveyMonkey account.
0: It's free. Go do it today. (laughs) Zoomerang Online Surveys and Polls is the fastest and easiest way for your business to create and send surveys online. With Zoomerang, you can create unlimited surveys and polls and send them via email, Facebook, Twitter, or embed them on your website or blog. You can view results in real time and start making better business decisions immediately. Use Zoomerang Online Surveys to get customer or employee feedback, test a business idea, plan events, and more. It's easy, fast, and best of all, free. Join over 2 million satisfied users and sign up for free at Zoomerang.com. Hey, we're, we're back on
1: now. Um, repeat that. I think that was really, really fascinating. Frank's talking about the change in traffic uh, behavior to the site once you added
2: packages there. Yeah, so it, it, it's been really interesting. So it used to be before we had the pricing, people would come to our site, they'd hit the home page, they might hit the platform page, which is kind of walk through how does it work. Then they will go to clients, and then they might click schedule a demo or download a resource. Now, they go to our homepage, they will look at pricing, then they'll look at clients, and then they'll hit schedule a demo. But what's fascinating is we've seen absolutely no decrease in demo requests, none. It's just, and if you talk to our salespeople, it's making the conversations easier for them because people know what, what our prices are. They feel like we're not gonna mess around with them.
1: Well, there's, a, transparent. there's another story there, too. They already know what you do and what they want.
2: Exactly. That's a great point. Right? Yeah.
1: So they already know. And and that's the, the other side of content marketing. You know, and, and, and not, you know, I mean, I want to reinforce with Jamar and, yeah. you know, you're a sales guy and, and I have to do sales. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do it very poorly, but we're growing. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, it, it makes the sales. In my opinion, you know that Caskey one infographic really showed that the salesman's job is much harder nowadays. It's 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 much more difficult because people are coming to the table fully informed. They are as much of an expert, if not better, an expert than you are. And so, you know, in my opinion, the salesperson now really has to focus on what are your problems and are we the right match for those problems? Can we set reasonable expectations with you, you know, for that? And, and I, I think it's just, it's an art form. You know, when I watch people do it, I am just blown away that, you know, they, they get the, you know, a lot of companies think, think the sales guy is this adversary, you know, they're going to come in, here's what's going to happen. We had, we had a, we had a, a client come in this week um, and it's a small client that we helped with a startup Um, No money, no no anything. Well, they've just got some funding, got a new CEO, and they got a consultant that was helping them on the marketing side now. And, of course, you know, they're one of our teeny clients. We're not doing much for them, and they're mad. You know, we didn't know they were mad, right? We're just doing what we're doing every single month. So they come in, they say, we want to talk to you about our marketing, you know, efforts. And they come in and sit down, and, and they said, what it, what a, what kind of strategy have you guys done for us and we said well we haven't put together a strategy for you guys because you know there's not enough funding there you know to put together a strategy and they said well you know we could probably do better if we were just you know spending that money with pr and i said well, i think that's a great idea i think that's exactly <laughs> what you should do you know i said if 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 you're at the point now where you can afford public relations that's a that's an incredible move and it was really funny because the heat just went totally out of the room. It was a vacuum. You know, and it was because from a from a sales standpoint, I'm sitting there going, "Wait a second, your guys' expectations are that we're going to have a a broad marketing strategy for you, cross-channel, all of this stuff. There's no way that we could accommodate that for the you know, for the budget that you know, you guys are in for." And um and and I think you know, that was an example of good salesmanship I, I guess but that to me is the hardest part of a sales
2: guy now but you know that's a great thing I mean let's think about that it's better so let's let's step out of business for a second as a human being that is better for both people right? sure it's better for you as a person you can feel better about what you do for a living you're gonna be happier right it's better for the company it's better for the client that's good all the way around but then just from a business perspective it's way better for everybody you know, our, our business is renewal-based. I have to, I mean, my interests are completely aligned with you. If you don't succeed, I'm in big trouble. All of
1: your costs are up front. They're all up front. Training, right? implementation, yeah. everything else. And it's not a money up front <laughs> deal,
2: no. right? it's not. Yeah. That's exactly right. So yeah. I need you to, to stay and I need to keep you happy. And part of that is making sure that, you know, this, this is what fascinates me. and What I like about content marketing is it's, it shifted part of the, the value delivery up front, even before the relationship happened. So now, to even get you to consider me, I have to get you to... You know, consider the product category. I've got to educate you. I've got to provide value ahead of time. I've got to give you a chance to see what the relationship would be like even before we have a relationship. You're setting the
3: tone and expectation before they ever walk in the door. You know, I, one of the things that we've seen with real estate marketing is uh, a lot of people, a lot of people in that industry, they're looking for that silver bullet. Yeah, you know, and when they look at a service like ours, it's pretty encompassing you know, integrating text, toll-free, virtual tours, social media, and all that stuff, Uh, you know, they go, wow, I I found my silver bullet, but what we end up having to do, like you said, is we we have to educate them and go, okay, look, this is a good tool, but it's only as good as you use it, you know, and if you're not going to do anything, it's not going to work for you. Right. Um, And, and, you know, we've had those customers that sign up and, and they do very little and take to don't take advantage of all the uh, pieces of it. And when we reach out to them, they're going, no, 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 I'm fine. And then after six months, they're like, this doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, that's fine. You yeah. just move on your way and we'll move on ours, you know. Well, and, and it goes
1: to you're doing nurturing now with your clients. Right. You're constantly educating them. At at Compendium, that was a huge, you know, deal was constantly educating clients. It's, you know, we, Marty uh, Marty Thompson joined us. And, um, and the sole reason why Marty joined our, our company was because a lot of the stuff that we do is behind the scenes. We're not necessarily talking to our clients. We might have a biweekly meeting or we might have a monthly meeting. It's really tough for a client to envision a value when you're having a one-hour meeting once a month for $10,000.
3: Well, <laughs> or, or, yeah. right. right, you know, they exactly. don't see
1: all the back end work and all the stuff pointed on. out to them either. That was one of the things we
3: ran into. Right. We put a lot of automated messaging and reporting in place because our customers, some of them would really use it, but they would never run the reports to know how well That's it was exactly. working yeah. for them. Yeah, we had a, one customer stay with us for a year. And he said, well, I was never able to convert a lead. In one year, we sent them 563 leads, yeah. right? And these are people that either text or call. And so they're driving by a home to see a sign, yeah. and they take that extra step. So they're pre-qualified somewhat. He just didn't even know it. Lead, yeah. You know, but they said they were ne- never able to convert a lead. And, you know, from our perspective, it's like, oh, dude, we sent you 500 plus. Yeah. <laughs> you might be doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and, and so terrible. that's, you know, that's what we've had to do, you know, is now Marty – you know, he touches each of our clients, you know, once or twice a week, and gives them incredible competitive intelligence and 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 uh, industry intelligence, events that are happening. Um, and it's been now our clients are ten times happier. We're not providing really a different service no. than
2: we were before. They're just more visible, to but account. it's so much more visible. Yeah, yeah. 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 you're top of mind there's a feedback loop there. Yeah, yep. we, have, we have an account management team who do the same thing, and it's our It's
1: a it's a necessary. Thing you know yeah. that you can't just hand someone a wrench and expect them to fix a car. You know you you've got to teach them. Why
2: the just evolve every day? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's you know one of the things we talk about internally when we figure out where do we go with the product is how do you future-proof the client? Because you know this better than anybody. I mean, SEO changes every day. Every day. I mean, six hundred you know, algorithm changes yeah, a yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, who was talking about that in November? Right. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, right. Who was talking about Google Plus last year in January? Right. Pretty much no. Well, I think everybody knew it was coming at that point, but um, <laughs> now the yeah. commenting
3: system is coming.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. Oh my gosh. I hate, this stuff. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I hate
0: Facebook comments. Like, I really want Google. You know, we were
1: just talking. To, um, we were just talking with our client. They have Facebook comments on their site, and they asked me from an SEO standpoint whether it's doing them any good. And I said, I said, okay, well, there's that's a mixed question. I said, right. Because they're not server side, and because. Google can't actually read what's going on and that your content is changing. Technically, no. I said, but if you have a furious amount of communication activity on that Facebook page and and that network is growing and that message is getting spread beyond Facebook, then it's doing you a ton of SEO good. Yeah. So, so the real
3: question, it's not necessarily SEO per se. It's more... Uh, um, client awareness or or traffic, but
1: but now that's an SEO thing, right? Yeah. Is awareness right? Is social yeah. now, yeah. you
3: know? So, so so social engine optimization then. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <nice>.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just
2: tweeting SEO been replaced by conversation and sharing awareness it's so cool.
1: uh, It it, is. it and, is, and and it's and it's the perfect uh, algorithm that mathematicians can't break right because it's the human algorithm it's it's you know whether people are talking and focusing and and everything else it's a you know it's a brilliant move by Google to kind of head in that direction but um, but again and they came back and they said we don't have that activity with Facebook comments and I said well then ditch it and get something like discuss or you know or something else where where it enables you know um, communication but server side, you know, it's helping you from an SEO aspect yeah. as well, well.
2: you brought up the right thing. I mean, the, I mean, we talked about this earlier this week, but what's great about the way search is going is it's basically getting back to what it should have been, which is be yeah, a good marketer. relevant With other people. Yeah, no, relevance. Yeah, that's right. It's right. all problems for people. I mean, that's, right. that's fundamentally what business is about. I should yep. be, you know, we're not pushing sugar water to kids. It's ideally about solving problems for people. And now... Stronger so sugar water to kids. <laughs> Trust me, I, I think
1: I. Can, Frank's I a really exploit. nice, fit guy, and I'm a fat guy sitting <laughs> here, so <laughs> I didn't know there was anything wrong there. <laughs> Hence the problem. <laughs> You're your are right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well,
2: basically, I mean, it's it don't push market, right? Solve problems, and that's that's really great. That's yeah. it's human. Well
1: there's there's an expense to push marketing beyond just the marketing effort and that's the retention issues the downstream account management issues um you know the the constantly having to fill that funnel you know the the pressure to grow and grow and grow because um what you're doing is you know you're dying on the tail end you know you're just racing forward trying to you know keep ahead of it and that's a that's a really uncomfortable space to be in um, especially, you know, from a uh, CEO, you know, standpoint. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And there's some there's some companies that do it well. There's some high pressure sales companies that are constantly, you know, filling that funnel and they don't apologize for it at all. But, but I, I think over time it takes a toll, you know. Yeah. And now again with social and search, people are starting to hear how people are, you know. We, uh, you know, I'll give them a shout out again. Deliver has been growing for. Fifteen years, uh, probably 12, fifteen, something yeah. on those lines. I mean, it was one of the first email companies that people never heard of. And still, don't have a huge national name or anything like that. And um, and he grew it organically by word of mouth. You know, he didn't he didn't go out and he didn't get
3: investors or anything. It's all privately yeah, owned. Yeah, it's all they privately owned. That, and and it's
1: it's like a perfect example of somebody that you know if you ever meet Neil. He is not one stressed out dude. He is—he's uh, yeah. <laughs> a pretty laid back type of
2: fellow. you know? it's a different, it's a, I mean, it's a different yeah. kind of business. I mean, I've worked mostly in investor-funded startups, and there's some wonderful things about that, and then yeah. there are some awful things about that because right. that job can own you easily. And there, there are days it will own me. And Come I on, love you them.
1: love those investors, don't you?
2: They're great community. It's love hate relationship with what that is.
1: Right? I will
2: hug them every time I see them.
1: That's fantastic. Well, we're we're coming to a close. Um, where can people find you online? You know. Obviously,
2: compendium.com. Yeah. Uh, you know, the yeah, At Frank C. Dale on Twitter. I'm not James Payton. I don't make a T-shirt with it. but uh... He has a T-shirt? <laughs> he did. He had a T-shirt.
1: Wow. Yeah. And and does he have four new followers because of it? Probably. Yeah. Well, Then he's he doubled.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, I still make fun, <laughs> fun of <for> that.
1: <laughs>
2: James is my friend. I can make no, fun of him. And I he can a take your hit. Right he and he'll dish it right back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, just just on Twitter and then my my blog. I write for Compendium.
1: Yep. So check out Compendium dot com. Compendium also is has frequent webinars from industry folks. We we, we did a SEO one, but who are some of the other people that you guys bring on on probably a monthly?
2: We do. Yeah. We we try to go at least once, if not twice a month. Uh, our our goal is not to uh, sales pitch right. webinars. So we just talk about you know basically topics in marketing. So I think next month we're talking about content marketing again. Uh, we're doing it with Joe Turnoff. who's a really sharp guy. Runs Great guy. At Aliqua, uh, and Jay Baer. And I think we're discussing who should own content in an organization and who does today because nobody's really decided. And then uh, we're actually, I'm really excited about this one. Um, we're going to meet with Christian Zhivago, who is just an awesome, awesome woman. And we're going to talk about how do, you, how do you talk to your customers? How do you go out and learn what they actually want? Because and you know this really well. Most marketers... Won't do that, and yep. yet you can solve 95% of your problems by going out and meeting with them. But there's an art to it, so it's going to be a little different than a normal webinar. We'll do 15 minutes tops, five slides, just walk you through the basics. How do you get all the information you need in 12 phone calls? And then 45 minutes, it'll just be a workshop. And she is like world class at oh, this wow. stuff. So she'll take questions from the audience for 45 minutes, solve problems for people, and you know I'll just kind of sit there and shut up.
1: Well, we, uh, Harry Howe is in the room and and I'll testify to that, that we were, um, we, we signed a new client, Angie's List, which people may have heard of. Small company. company. (laughs) And we're, uh, we're kicking off, but, but just as a point of, you know, uh, Harry asked at the end of our first meeting, we had an implementation meeting and, and Harry said, what do you guys want out of this? You know, and a couple of the people were, I think, stunned that, that, that was the question um but we actually got an email when we came back to the office that said, uh, you know, never nobody ever asked us that before. <laughs> you know, and that's
2: that, that amazing.
1: Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, that you know, okay, here's the service that you provided, here's the proposal that we put forth. But ultimately there's different people sitting at the table that have different goals and intent. And um uh, and our job is obviously to keep all of them happy, not just you know, not just the person paying the bill. Um so it's it's you're right. Asking that question is is is, is uh, it's another art form. So, yeah. so uh, well, thank you, Frank. Thanks for joining the show. And uh, for everybody listening, again, compendium.com and on Twitter, Frank C Dale. And uh, we uh, we thank you for having you having you on. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week.
0: connect with us anytime at marketingtechblog.com. And from there, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog.